Does that mean that I need a cool name for myself? Uh, it doesn't mean that, no. I think it does. It doesn't warrant that. You could, if that's what you, the way you want to go about it, and come up with a cool name. I mean, you're already Doctor D, so. Oh, that's that doesn't sound cool. Um, I don't know. I don't know. D. Indeed. D and D. D and D. D and D. I don't even know what that means. You're the one that came up with it, so you should have some idea what it means. Um, I don't know of a cool stage name. They've got apps for that. You can go out to the internet. Don 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 Dizzle. I'm pretty sure somebody else has that. You shouldn't be Don Dizzle. It's not a good one. Delightful. You should work at that. Diana. Delightful Diana? Is that like your... No, just Diana. Diana? They don't even make people named Diana anymore. <laughs> I, know, I know some Dianes. What year were they born? I mean, they're older than Exactly. Me. You're right. Exactly. It's like you being Beverly or something like that. I'll like, be Beverly. Beverly? Beverly. Beverly. All right, Beverly. Bev. Yeah. Dinner with Bev. Drinks with Bev. Brunch with Bev. Brunch with Bev. That's... So let's start, let's pretend this is the beginning. So on this episode of Brunch with Bev, we are having a late night brunch with a special guest. His name is Jay Del Negro. He is a, a gentleman that is uh, halfway through his life cycle and has quite a story to tell that he doesn't like to tell because he'd rather be behind the scenes. Let's have brunch together, shall we? And as we always do, we chat and chew. Let's get started. <laughs> How does it feel to be on the other side of the table? It's not the first time I've been on the other side of the table. I've appeared on... I guess uh, one of my favorite episodes is the end of the year episode I did for 2017. uh, Where it was me telling the story of my 2017. I've had an episode where um, I talked about losing my virginity. Had an episode where I've talked about um, bad dates. I've had episodes where I would review music and movies and just to kind of fill in gaps between not having guests. Um, doesn't feel any different to me. How are you identifying yourself? J. Del Negro. Okay. Hi, J. Del Negro. Hello. Tell, can you tell us a little bit, a little bit about yourself? That's too open of a question. I don't know how to answer that. I mean, I'm a, I'm a guy, parent. I 
go to work. Human being. I like the color green. I am. What else do you want? Jay's a lot of things. Jay Del Negro especially is a lot of things. Podcast personality. <clears throat> Artist. Yeah. Volunteer sports coach. Love machine. Like, with all of that. Mm. Jay Del Negro. I'm always curious at, about how people identify. Uh, because it, it's very intentional what people choose to say, yeah. what they, they yeah. choose not to say. To say. Mm-hmm. Um, says a lot about the way they view themselves. Uh, I'm curious about the name of your show. The By Chance Podcast? Yes. Uh, Where did it come from? Why the By Chance Podcast? It showed up by chance. It showed up because the very first episode before the By... Wow. I gotta clear my throat. Uh, Before the By Chance Podcast, I had a different show. And that show was different than this one. And this one was kind of what I've always wanted to do, which involved people telling stories. Um, stories, not necessarily about, like, you know, uh, Slay the Dragon once, but stories about whatever you've done before. Whether it was great or small, whether if it was you stubbed your toe that time and it hurt really bad, but you got a story about it, or the time you save four kittens from a burning house with nothing but a wet blanket or whatever. Like, I think everybody's got a story. So I wanted to do that show. And the specific reasons I wanted to do the show, I've never recorded yet. It's still in my mind. I've just never... It was There was a specific show that I want to do that I have not done. What is that show? I don't want to talk about it yet. But it involves people I know. Mm-hmm. It's a very personal story. And... I haven't had the courage to ask both individuals to participate. I've got one individual to participate, but I don't have the other. Anyway, long story long, which was the name of my old show, um, because of something I say. Long story long, uh, I interviewed a guy, and he was starting over at that point. He was leaving his job, leaving this side of the country, driving to the other side of the country, just to start over with nothing. And during the course of the conversation, I was like, yo, you really took a chance on yourself. You bet on yourself. And that was it. It was right then and there. You, chance was the title. What can I do with chance? Um, I don't know. I Googled like quotes about chance or something like that. And I went to getquote.com or brainy quote, one of those places. And I can't remember the name. Some psychologist, white dude from the 30s, he had this quote and it, it included the text by chance. And by chance, podcast had a decent ring to it. So I included, I, well, I made that the title. And because I also recognize that things happen for people once they take a chance on themselves or they bet essentially on themselves. If you, if you don't close yourself off and you have an ideal or you want to express yourself in a certain way or whatever, you don't get there by not taking a chance on it. So, so when's the last time you took a chance on yourself? I don't know how to answer that. I don't know how to answer anything about myself. Um, I don't 
focus on myself. So I don't, I don't even know where that, where I would go with that. Well, I, I, I don't. When I decided I would take a chance and start painting sneakers and painting, period. Um, it was something I could do, but I hate doing like commission work. I don't like doing art for people. I like doing art for myself. Tell me more about when you the first time you took a chance painting. Um, I painted some Dragon Ball Jordan ones, some Jordan one sneakers, and I painted. Vegito in one shoe and Goku in the other, and they're the main protagonist and antagonist on the show. Even though Vegeta's not really an antagonist anymore, he's a supporting character. But anyway, uh, I did that for a client, and I've never done this shoe. It's it's a marquee shoe in the sneaker market, especially for customization. And these characters are um, pretty impactful in the same market, like they're pretty recognizable and things like that. So I'm not gonna say it was pressure on me, but it was one of those things like, I gotta hit it, right? Or people gonna know it's trash. And I hit it well enough where I got inquiries from um, across the pond um, and some other people who wanted to talk about me doing work for them. It never turned out to be much more than just talk but the idea, and then I was, I was featured and showcased on a um, sneaker page for design and customization. So that was kind of dope to see. But um, when when doing anything for public consumption, uh, you put it out there, like, you know, people might mess with it or they might not. And you allow yourself to be scrutinized in that way when you place your work out there for the public to consume. Tell me about Little J Del Negro. What? What's there? He wasn't. There was no Little J Del Negro. <laughs> what was there? J Del Negro started because of Facebook. Mm-hmm. J Del Negro started because. I had a Facebook friend who, um, back before Facebook made you verify that you were the actual person you are. And sometimes they make you use like, upload a picture of your ID. And it's just like, what? But anyway, you could put any name you wanted, right? Your name could be Blue Moon, Wild Dog Beer, whatever name you wanted. And I had a friend and she used her first name and her last name was No Last indicating she didn't have a last name. And I was like, that's dope. I'm gonna be El Blanco, right? So first, I was my first name, El Blanco. Then I was like, no, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. And I remembered, uh, well, I thought, what what could I do that's the opposite of white? Because I'm not really like white. Vinny Del Negro, former former Spurs player and coach of the Milwaukee Bucks for a little while. NC State, great. I, mean, just, I, I could never describe to you Vinny Del Negro's game, but I can describe to you him as being Vinny Del Negro. 
So I was like, I'll be my first name, Del Negro. My first name is not hard to say, but people make it hard to say. So I made it easier and just stripped it down to the first letter, J. So there was never a little J Del Negro. There was only an adult J Del Negro. When I was little, I was either Giz or Bird or oh, my actual first name. And to describe him, <clears throat> he was cool, I guess. He, um, high school, like eighth grade, ninth grade, buddy of mine. He wasn't a good friend, but he was a buddy of mine. He had a camcorder over the shoulder. Big joint with the VHS tape that you would put inside. And some summers, we would all hang out on this one street. It was, I don't know, it was on a good night, it was 15, 16 of us. Um, up, out until 2, 3 in the morning. Summer of 94, 95, or stuff like that. 93, 94, 95. And I had been known in amongst this crew to make things happen. I wasn't like the instigator or the party starter or the guy with like the plan. And, but if it got boring, I would just yell things. Like what kind of things? Anything. I was trying to be sensational, outrageous, whatever. And I always had an affinity for music. So I would start singing songs and then everyone sing it with us. And then we would just be dancing in the street with no music, just us singing songs. And I would usually be the one that kicks it off. So, buddy with the camcorder brought up the camcorder. And I would kick it off and I started recording us dancing in the street and whatever. This, this is how happy we were and like how little we had. We were in the street so much because the pavement was recently resurfaced. So it was like new asphalt. Mm-hmm. And that's why we were playing in the street because it was a brand new street to play in. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did that night, weeks, whatever. It wasn't always a camcorder, but that was just kind of how we got together. And different kids from different um, blocks would come around and whatever because you all have different friends. So mm-hmm. some would come through and the enjoyment level will be different on different nights. But for the most part, the nights that we really had fun, it was because I kicked it off. Well, daytime hits and Buddy's got a camcorder. And I can't remember whose idea it was, but it's like, yo, y'all want to make a show or something? This is the story. 10th grade that summer, my buddy Ronaldo, he was being sent back home. He's from the Bahamas. He got in trouble. His parents got sick of his shit and decided, <laughs> you're going back home. So before he left, we wanted to just like do things to commemorate him being around with us so got the camera let's record something and we were standing on buddy's al's house al house was on the corner of the street and he had a flat on the side of the house there was just cement and we were hanging out over there and um sitting in chairs and pulled out the camera and just started recording being silly like we recorded a couple things those last few days. We recorded us playing basketball, and I'm mad I've never really seen that footage because I'm pretty sure I was killing that day. <laughs> um, I mean, it was just amongst friends, but I'm pretty sure I was killing that day. Um, we recorded us like just 
just being in the neighborhood for a little while. We didn't go but so far because, again, we're walking around with an expensive piece of equipment in the hood. So we just stayed where we were. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. <laughs> but on the side of Al's house, it one way or another got into from silly from being silly to like doing skits and we had some time to sit down and watch it and we thought we were on to something and that something was yeah I want to do this again but like have a game plan and so we came up with the show and I don't want to sound like it was all my idea but it was all my idea (laughs) I'm not saying but I'm saying but I'm saying it was and then I came up with the show title and I just thought it was the the best show title in the world because we're all 15, 16, 17 years old and by, I think Nardo was gone by then. I think it was really like we recorded one day and he was shipped off the next or something. Mm-hmm. Like that. He's back here now. Mm-hmm. Uh, came back as an adult and he's all right, I guess. <laughs> but um, the show's title was, it was SINS, S-I-N-S. And it was an acronym for social issues in shit, right? And again, we were being like, not necessarily rebellious teenagers, but we were being like edgy as we thought it. Mm-hmm. And we did like these skits of like drug addicts fishing, um, a club with midgets called, uh, it was a parody of a club that existed in Baltimore called Hammerjacks. We called it Midget Jacks. Uh, we did I I can't recall all the skits but I think it was like four of them Mm -hmm. and we did them straight so you know there was no editing of anything we were just like in the location here's the setup this is what we're going shoot and I thought I was dope because I was manning the camera and coming up with like not necessarily all the concepts because I don't have every idea but the setups and the segments and how it's supposed to work in and out and this is that and a third like who was going to be a part of it my hand was in all of that and then I had to fade in and fade out uh, nozzle on the so, so you were the camera guy you didn't no I was an actor. I wasn't I wasn't an actor I was I was the setup guy I was the camera guy I was the put this on you talk like this you, it was all under my direction so I always wanted to be a director. I'm gonna switch gears. Switching. What's your what are your goals? I don't have with any this? goals. Well with this? Um hmm. this being your your podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know anymore. So first show. My goal was to be recognized and picked up and adored and people wanting to know more about me as the host of this wildly popular show because that was the move. Like, I'm not not making a podcast so no one would listen. And I wanted, like, thousands upon thousands of listeners. And I can honestly say if the show would have kept going, we probably would have been somewhere close. We were doing all right. Um, but we weren't doing all right as a co-hosting duo. But the show was doing all right. This show, I just think it's more important that people pay attention. Like, I just think... I 
because I feel like people can get something from it, from the production of the show, from hearing somebody who's just as regular, regular, regular as you are have a fascinating story to share about themselves. I think it's it's like holding up a, a, a mirror to people to say this is you too. So I just hope to, what I want to get from it is that I continue to have people who want to share and talk and help people discover that it's not what I always find interesting is whenever I ask someone, you want to you appear at my show? They ask what's it about, and I try to summarize. But two things come from that. They're often confused, and I'm often having to bend what I want the show to be about because um, I have to be flexible, and they have to be open-minded a bit. And then once they start to talk, it just happens. People aren't used to just talking. People aren't used to you giving them a plain canvas to just go crazy on. They don't know what to do with it. And I'm not so crazy about having to control them on their canvas to present to someone like this is your canvas, your avenue. I don't want to inhibit them, but they don't know what to do with it. So we've kind of like beat them in the middle. So I just want, I just want this to be there so someone will listen because I just think it's important you, you mentioned a few times um, that you feel that there's value in people listening to other human beings stories because they can learn something about themselves hold up a mirror and things like that outside of the two things that you've mentioned uh, one being that you know that you're a behind the scenes guy you like the control, you, you want to direct, you want to take the lead, those kinds of things, and that you want to get these stories out. What have you learned about yourself in doing uh, these podcasts and talking with different people? What have you learned about you? Um, better than I give myself credit when putting these shows together. That generally I can get people to talk and get people to say things. And have you, have there been particular stories that made you really reflect uh, yeah, on yourself uh, and who you are and what you want to do in life? Yeah, I had a guest, she appeared twice, Naira. Um, well, I, I know Naira, so that her opening up when she when Naira talks the universe kind of opens up she just has this ability to tap into things that you had no clue that you would respond to um in our show her whenever we talk it's just kind of like that and hers were extremely personal One was about like the death of her father, which was probably the most unexpected thing that ever happened to her in life. And the other one was just about they're just growth. They were they were both both episodes were pretty much about growth. But um her shows oh uh, the first show 
Um, only afterwards, though. Like, when I was recording it, no. Um, first show was honestly the basis of it all and why I went in this direction. Because it, I had some other ideas about it. And that show and his reasoning for just going in the end it turned out to be the best decision he made in his life it changed his life significantly as a result and I haven't done a follow up with him but I plan to um, that show was, was really big for me um, there was what, did you, what did you learn about yourself you take a chance on yourself like the by chance podcast is entirely because of that episode the, so I want to go belief back then. in taking a chance is entirely because of that. So I want to go back because when I asked that, I want to go back to the one of the first questions I asked. Them. Because my, one of the first questions I asked was, in what ways have you taken a chance? And you said that you hadn't. And then I said I hadn't. But the painting of Sneaker Jackson was the most recent way that I've taken a chance. Okay. So that was it. Remind me, your tagline again? In life, the only safe thing you can do is take a chance. You I, do the inflection. You do. I do. Do you live by that? No. <laughs> no, it's not. Do you believe it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't live by it, though. It's not a constant. Um, yeah, it's not. It's not a constant. I'll, I'll say this, though, and this just happened recently. I had a hard time. I've always, always, always had a hard time with... Um, dealing with uncertainty when things weren't certain I would feel the confusion within my head like I couldn't draw straight lines when things in life or problem at work or subject when things weren't certain I was fucked up in the head but what I've learned to do recently is yeah I'm fucked up in the head but I've learned skills and ways to get through that uncertainty a lot sooner than I let on before. So before it would linger forever. Now it doesn't linger. It's just like, oh, this fucked up. All right, let me fix it. And I think I think a lot of it had to do with um, I, I know most of it had to do with people um, and some significant relationships that I've established. But more so than that, I was talking to strangers a bit and figuring out a way to get them to like open up about whatever subject I could pull out of them in that moment. So I just I just learned how to not deal with things sounds like so heavy. But that was kinda it. Like I just learned how to deal with me by dealing with strangers and getting them to share. So I forgot the question again, but I think that's a good answer. <laughs> a good answer to the question that you're not exactly not sure, sure what you um, you asked <laughs> or was asked. I don't live by that. No, I don't live by um, but, taking I, a chance. But at but the same time, you do time, believe it to be. I true. believe it to be true, and I have taken um, some chances on myself, uh, small ones. But yeah, I've taken chances. <laughs> I want to push you 
to not say that you can't think of anything. What is something about you that is extraordinary? I don't know. No, you're not allowed. That's not an answer. That is not an acceptable answer. What is something about you that is extraordinary? I'm a cunning linguist that can't use language. That's where I am. Do you think that's something that you've developed over time, or is that something that's yes. present throughout? Uh, I've, I've gotten better at it because I've always been observant. So I pick up on people's patterns, like how people deliver language. I emulate that when I talk to them sometimes so that I'm speaking the way that they speak. And then they, it only works when I can see them because um, then I can react what behaviors they use or I can sometimes pick up on key tones and phrasing to get them to let their walls down or to get them to relate in a way. But yeah, just being observant and seeing how people navigate and weave and things like that, I've gotten pretty good at it. What's something that you would change about you to get you out of the gray? Uh, procrastinate. Uh, I, and, and I have results where I don't procrastinate and it's just fantastic. But you know what? I enjoy being distracted. That's just it. I... I tend to get distracted and I go looking for it first. You have look for the distraction first. I look for the distractions. You have this to do. Hmm. I should probably do something else first. And that's just how I think. Yep. If I didn't procrastinate. How do you think that would impact your life? I'd probably be a type A. I'd probably be the person I most admire. I probably would have done things that I, um, my, my path of, of uh, choices would have, would have been much different. Uh, I'll give you the example of high school. I had a handshake scholarship to Morgan State University, free ride with the exception of books. Um, in my hands. Hey, Dean of whatever school this is, you're my guy. We got you covered. Had a good SAT and decent grades in college. I mean, high school. There was one assignment. It was, so So here's the thing. I didn't know anything about being a student until I got to college. Like, I didn't know how to do research or formatting or study. I didn't know how to study. I didn't know any of that shit, right? I just was like, oh, I got decent grades and... I got a 1200 on the SAT. All verbal, by the way. Definitely not math. All <laughs> verbal. And, you know, I was potential. I was in gifted and talented programs with the exception of high school because my high school didn't do that. But um, I had this English teacher, Miss Jenkins, I believe is what her name was. And uh, my average, we didn't do letter at, at grades, we did numbers, and my average was in the high 90s in her class. And she was infamous for not giving out anything close to a 90. For years. Here's a secret, kids. I cheated to get there. Um, yeah, the, like I said, I watched people and I learned behaviors, and I knew 
when she was looking and when she wasn't. So I sat in a seat that allowed me to cheat. So I cheated and got remarkable grades. Um, but it came time to do a research paper and it was two types. One was an interview and I can't remember what the other one was. Um, you interview someone who has, who fits certain criteria and then you write up about them. And guess what my dumbass decided to do? Not the research paper because I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to ask to do it. I didn't know anything because it wasn't a test or a written assignment or I didn't, I didn't know. So I didn't do it. And at the very last minute, I thought to do it, but I just didn't. It's time to turn it in. I didn't turn it in and this other girl, uh, Nini, she didn't turn it in. Nini also had a really high grade. Me and Nini thought the same things. We ain't gotta do this shit. We already got an A. We can't fail. We're going to graduate. Like we're going to graduate high school. We have A's or high 90s in this class. This doing this is worthless to us. It was, worth, it was more worthless to Nini because Nini wasn't necessarily being awarded a particular scholarship. That I was that Miss Jenkins was the uh, director of the board for approval. Really? I didn't know that. Oh. So after I didn't turn it in, she said, Miss Jenkins said, oh, we got students in here who think they're too good. They got these big scholarships coming up for them. We're going to see about that. So we had this, um, this assembly, uh, senior farewell. And on the stage were all the kids who were awarded scholarships or grant, whatever grants or whatever and we had rehearsal for it I didn't get called up to the stage and I knew I had the biggest academic scholarship on the school that year there's another kid named Steve who, who had an athletic scholarship to Dell State or something like that and he was just like the star but I knew my academic scholarship was the big deal for that and I didn't get called up for rehearsal I didn't cry but I wanted to cry because I knew. And so I went and talked to the teacher who kind of got me along with that handshake agreement. He was like, yeah, um, you didn't turn that in and she wouldn't approve it. I don't, I don't really understand what her power was with it, but it came down to her. And it was a no-go at that point. So my procrastination and not asking for help when <laughs> I really needed it was to my detriment. So if I'd have stepped up sooner to just do things, then you know, I'd have, I would have had a different result. You think your your trajectory would be totally different? Not totally different, there, but there's a chance that something would have changed. Because before me, it would have been an opportunity where I didn't have to take out loans and grants to continue my education. I just needed to maintain a certain GPA, which was very low, very low. <laughs> it was so low. It was just one of those like, yo, I can really go to school for free. And you know, back in like early 2000s, tuition in state or it wasn't crazy. It was not bad. It wasn't sure. crazy. Mm-hmm. And it was like a 2.5 or something like that. And I was like, all I had to pay for was books because I wasn't staying on campus. Mm-hmm. So it was, I was in, I was covered. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like that one still hurts. Yeah, it does. It hurts. 
I don't know if hurts is the right word, but it still kind of stings a little bit. If you haven't figured out who was interviewing me, it was Dr. D, the featured guest from episode 31. And since you made it this far, that means you made it to the end of episode 32 and the conclusion for the year of the 9-9 of the 2018. So this is it. This is the end until I start again in a few weeks, sometime in January. Thank you to every guest, every listen, every like and comment, and every subscriber here at the Vod Chance Podcast. I had fun. I learned a bit, met some great people, turned people on to the idea of sharing a story or two, and maybe turn some others on to the idea of starting their own show. If you are within the sound of my voice, I am saying to you, thank you. In the end, I'd just like to leave you with the following. In life, the only safe thing you can do is take a chance. See you all next year. Brain free.